Hey, Rockheads. This is Music to Code by Track 12. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Just what you need to get in the zone when you write code. And get this. We just added a site license. Download it once, share it with everybody in your office. Check it out at musictocodeby.net. .NET Rocks, episode 1314, with guest Mads Torgerson. Recorded Friday, June 10th, 2016. Hey, guess what? It's .NET Rocks, live from NDC. Uh, slow. I guess it's not really live. No, it's pre-recorded, but you know we're here. It's in person, so which we, is kind of we fun. are alive. Yeah, there, I guess we can say. That. And we're in a fishbowl. We're in a people aquarium. Right. This Once is, again, this is one of the first shows published from NDC. A second, maybe. Yeah, uh, second. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, the last show that we recorded here. Right. So we're going to be punchy, <laughs> especially because <laughs> Mads is here. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. Well, we've had a great run as yeah. usual, right? Yeah. Did our panel, which is one of the last shows. Per, uh, published yeah and that was really a lot of fun in front of a big crowd that was very engaged so yeah and for some reason right now there's a lot of noise going on in the background just ignore that yeah what can i tell you we can't take it out it's just kind of there yeah somebody's playing like rock music in one of their sessions well it's one of the side effects of being towards the end of the conference is everybody's getting a bit noisier and tired rowdier yeah not that we would know anything about that i would not know anything about that i have no idea what you're talking about sir (laughs) <laughs> All right, I got something fun for you, oh. and uh, really surprising and amazing. Uh, it's not just to me, but to my Appy Next Inner Sanctum. Okay. Uh, so roll the music. Awesome. All right, buddy, what do you got? This being show 1314. It is. You can go to 1314.pwop.me. That'll bring you to the Visual Studio Gallery at MSDN, the Entity Framework Reverse POCO Generator. What? Yes. Reverse engineers an existing database and generates Entity Framework code first POCO classes. Wow. Also configuration mappings and DB context. How cool is that? That that is pretty cool. And right up to date as of June 2016, supporting Studio 2012, 2013, and 2015. So totally current. Yeah. um, And we were freaking out when we saw this. And then some of the guys used it, and they were just like, well, the stuff I'm using is completely obsolete now, because this is... (laughs) Because this is better. Better. Well, and this is like your ultimate brownfield tool, right? Yeah. I've got an existing app. I've got... You want extensions done to it. It's got an existing database. Boom. But I want to use a new way, right? I want to do EF all the way. Yeah. Love it. 
It's wonderful. Matt. That's a great find. I mean, it's not really framework, but it's framework-ish. Yeah, but it's yeah. definitely an asset to taking care of software. Well, it's anybody who does anything with data, and I don't know anybody that does that. Who you, Mads? Yeah, who would I've do heard, that? I've heard about them. I've heard about data. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a popular one. I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. a great find, man. Nice one. Yep. So who's talking to us, my friend? Grabbed a comment off of show 935, which comes from us back in November of 2013. Oh, remember that year? Yeah, it was a good year. C-Sharp and Rosalind with Mads Targensen. And that was at the NDC in London, I think. Yes, it was. And we were talking about that. And that was the beginning of Rosalind was finally coming out. Yep. I'd had several years of saying Rosalind's like fusion power, <laughs> just another couple of years away, another couple yeah. of years away. And the, you guys were ready to make me eat my words, because here it was. Yep. <laughs> and uh, this comment comes from Rex Carden. It's two years old, almost three. So mm. he says, hey, guys, I was absolutely blown away by the Rosalind discussion. Holy crap, is that awesome. <laughs> I was thinking you could do some cool stuff like mocking sealed classes and other non-virtual properties like type mop, just mock, and fakes. You could just reflect on the classes you want to mock at runtime and project out new classes in a different namespace or maybe even override the same namespace as they are needed. The new projected classes can have properties and methods that can be mocked out easily since you now have complete control over the classes. I don't know if this is all possible, but if it is, it would be a perfect solution for libraries that I can't control. Maybe that was what Mads was talking about when he said Rosalind in Visual Studio 2013 is a, is a little bit like it could be in the fakes framework. I don't remember hmm. you saying that. No, I don't remember saying that either. No. That, uh, it's an interesting idea. Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if what kind of control Microsoft will give us. I think you're basically going to let you shoot yourself in the foot if you mm-hmm. want. <laughs> yeah. That is a little bit scary that someone could potentially override a namespace and classes at runtime. I guess they wouldn't allow that. I mean, actually, I no, think you can. Um, no, we're not... Th- there's not that kind of metaprogramming in there. Right. Um, it's still... You know, the the primary um, flow of things is there's some source code, and we respect the source code. Yep. Um, we are now tinkering with some more metaprogrammy things on top of Roslyn mm-hmm. than, than what is out today. Right. So maybe we can get to talk about that we a little later. We could actually go that far. That could actually um, do some of the things he's talking about, but at compile time. Yep. Because you could do some serious hijacking. This is exactly what Rex is saying. Yes, you can. Um, for applications that allow plugins. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to the next version of C Sharp, and I love the show. Well, Rex, we love that you love the show because we would have to get real jobs if you didn't. <laughs> and uh, we were super excited about what happened with C Sharp over the past three years since this comment came along. Mm. So uh, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website mm. at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media where we publish every show to Google Plus and Facebook. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. Yeah, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. And Send us a tweet. We populate our getters and setters with them. Nice. I don't know what I'm saying. All right. So let me formally introduce Mads. Mads Torgerson is the program manager for C-Sharp Language at Microsoft and runs the C-Sharp design meetings. Prior to joining Microsoft in 2005, he was an associate professor at the University of Aarhus doing programming language research. Welcome back, Mads, of course. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yeah. Great to be here. Been too long, by the way. Okay. It has, but, it, but right here, as I'm sitting here, it feels like it was just yesterday. It does, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should be checking with you every year. You okay. are, you know, I love that you, you it just says program manager for C Sharp, but you're like the program manager. For the language, yes. yes. Yeah. You are, you, you, I mean, it really comes down to your dictator for life. 
You well, last okay. call. Uh, yeah, let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. He didn't. Everybody on my team, please listen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an open source project now, right? You just refuse their pull requests. Right. No, yeah. We, we, we do have um, a lot of power that way. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's one thing for pull requests from externals, but even your developers ultimately send a pull request. All right. Yeah. I, I got a question for you. And yeah, I don't know how you're going to answer this, but we were interviewing Don Syme, right? Uh-huh. F-sharp guy. And he was telling us about type providers. And we were blown away by this. Yes. And I said, wow, are we ever going to see that in C-sharp? And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, type providers... I don't, was there a question there? No, I thought, yeah. yeah, well, sort of. I mean, <laughs> yeah. is that something that's attractive to you as a language feature? Yeah, I think it is a, it is a very, very cool language feature. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know if we're going to see type providers exactly like they are in, in F-sharp, um, but um, I mean, it's sort but of... the idea is great, isn't the it? The idea is great. And so they all, they're sort of in this space of you want to work um, with data as if it was strongly typed, even though it isn't. And right. is there a way that you can get those strong types from some other, uh, like, schema information that's out or there somehow? Or inference or something. Or inferring it by looking at, at samples or, yeah. or whatever. And they sort of do that uh, programmatically at compile time, right. uh-huh. at, at edit time, right? So, they, so you actually get live intelligence, and they will suck down you know, some schema from the web in order to provide you the intelligence as you press dot. And it's all right. very impressive. Yes, it is very impressive. Yeah. So, um, so we're talking about a few things that might get you some of the same. I don't think type providers the way they are. We're not, maybe one day we'll figure out how to put them into C Sharp. Uh, I mean, at the same time, you can just write some F Sharp code using type providers and call it from your C Sharp code. Uh, you absolutely can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the interop is, uh, that's one answer to the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing that we are working on that's sort of more, it's more sort of the traditional way, I guess, that, um, that will maybe make it into uh, C-sharp 7, and, and that wave of tools is what we call source generators. Hmm. So it's not quite the F-sharp. The, the cool thing about the F-sharp thing is that it's a magic trick. Yeah, like at, right. com- at edit time, you have types, but when you compile and they're gone away. Like mm. They never actually really exist. <laughs> they're just a, an illusion, if you will, to give you the, the, the does, strong type. Does any software time. really exist, really? I mean, should we get philosophically <laughs> It really just only exists in our minds, It really it? does, yes. Yeah. It's all just uh, bits and bytes. And yeah. when you com- come to think of it, do they even exist? I, that's a good question. <laughs> so, I have described myself as someone who professionally organizes electrons. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> And they tend to run away all the yes, time. Yes, they don't last. They're electrons. Yeah, yeah, just getting those. Anyway, so tra- back. Yeah. <laughs> tell me more about. Tell me more about. Uh, so the idea of source generators. Uh, yeah. One of the things that we had a lot of success with with Roslyn is analyzers. So let's start there, where you you build a, a programmatic thing, a plugin to, for instance, Visual Studio mm. that can run as your live in your tool to keep an eye on your code and let you know about things that are wrong with it or that you could do differently, suggest things you could do differently or whatever. Um, and source generators are sort of the next step of that where you can build uh, a tool plugin that will watch your code and at certain times it will recognize, you know, whether it be attributes or patterns in your code and use that to generate additional source code. Right. 
so that, for instance, you know, the typical example is I notify mm. property changed where there's a lot of boilerplate that you have to write all the time. Yeah, I know. And if it could just look at your tiny little class with nicely, you know, with nice simple properties, maybe they're mm -hmm. even auto properties or whatever, mm -hmm. and, and generate out whatever is needed. Yeah. Um, so essentially you write a little partial class and it generates another partial class on the side that augments your 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 typed source code, the thing that you that you typed in, yeah. with uh, all the the remaining boilerplate. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's a general idea. It's pretty cool, and that can and go that can go pretty far. Yeah. Actually, and so it, it it will address some of the same scenarios that that um, typewriters do. Of course, it will. This will actually generate real generate run type code. code, and so types will be around um, at runtime as well. But that has advantages too. Is code generation in general something you've been interested in for a, a while? Um, the we it's certainly something you can do with Roslyn. Roslyn is yeah. a I mean it's an object model of code, and mm. most people use it to um, to analyze code with, like so they consume code with it more than a source code more they more than they it, could use. Yeah. But even a re, even a refactoring yeah. actually does both, right? And you can write refactorings with Roslyn today really yeah. easily. And and, and that's before Roslyn, though, were you interested in code generation? Um, well, it's not something we spent a lot of time on yeah. um, before. We, we already had this vision before that source generators are, are becoming the, um, the fruition of, if you will, but mm. we could never really do it. Mm. You, you sort of need a good, yeah. a good model of code in order to, to do it well. So, and we have that now. Cool. Also. So what else is new? What's, what's coming? Well, we keep pushing out new versions of the language, I guess. Yeah. So the last yeah. time we were together, uh, at NDC London, the first NDC London. Yeah. It was actually the first time I gave a talk about the features that were to become C Sharp 6. Yeah. Which has now been out. Which for, is now a product, yeah. It's now a product. It's been out since last summer. Mm -hmm. um, or I should say since last July, since in the Southern Hemisphere, that's yeah. not summer. That's <laughs> middle of winter. Um, <laughs> but um, since then, we've been working on improvements both to Roslyn and to, and to the the languages, including mm. C Sharp. Are you working from a big roadmap of features that represent many, many versions, or is this mostly feedback from the the users? Like, I look, I just go to GitHub, and it's like, you have 2,800 open issues, dude. Right? <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Not all of them are language suggestions, right. but, but mm. quite a number of them are. It's a mix. Mm -hmm. um, I think we, um, well, first of all, we're sort of shifting modes a little bit from the sort of very long release cycles where we would start from a blank slate and say, I think C-sharp 3 should be about this theme, and then we would design it, and then we would implement it, and then we would get some feedback on it, and then finally we would ship it, and then we start with another blank slate in the next one. Right? Right. That was sort of the old um, big turn of the crank kind of way of looking Right, and the things. big envisioning of a, yes. you know, because mm -hmm. our, our marketplace was shifting so much. It's like we could think totally differently every mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Right, and it, but it was also just um, an artifact of being... Linked to the Visual Studio ship cycles, which right. were big and and kind of monolithic. Yeah, and you uh, knew you had these hard deadlines you had to meet. Yeah, so um, studio is going to go when studio goes. Right, and so now it's still the case that studio has to go when studio right. has to go. But um, we've both with Roslyn and just with our processes and going open source, we are we're more we're going to a a much higher cadence. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that goes for Visual Studio, as is evident, and and um, and it can go for the languages too. And so we're kind of shifting our mindset from that kind of um, 
one version at a time approach to just playing with a bunch of features and kind of seeing which ones that, you know, will use overall themes to drive what's interesting and, and kind of have a docket of, of, you know, like a top 10 or whatever of these are things that we really want to do. Right. And then some of them show more resistance than others. And then we, we work on them for maybe multiple releases. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And some of them, uh, like Tuples, so for instance. But now you're talking releases on a regular basis. It's not yes. until the next version of Studio. It, well, it, so far it's been releases of Studio, but they right. come out more often too. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. So, um, I mean, each quarterly CTP, you could have new C-sharp bits in there. We could actually. You could. So we I, haven't yet. Um, we haven't yet shipped the C-sharp that wasn't timed to a major release of Right. Okay. Um, but in between, like, you can go get from GitHub the, the Roslyn bits that, it, that you guys are tinkering that with. That we're working on. And yes. yeah. stick it can. into your studio instance if you that want. That you can. Yeah. Um, add your own risk, though, since sure. they're Possible not committed terror. yet. So, yeah. so they might change, and they're not supported and all that. Right. And I got to think the vast majority of C sharp developers would never do that. They would ju they just go with That's the, right. the version they, that comes in the box. Or they'd play in a quote. different VM or a different box or something yeah. and just mess around right. with it. So that's yeah. mostly for like trying things out. Yeah. yeah. However, I think that um, it's perfectly sane to imagine that after we ship uh, C sharp 7, we, we, we're actually playing with the idea of going to point releases that are hmm. in between major VS releases. Right. Um, C Sharp is not just in VS anymore. No, anyway, it's right? all over the place. Sure. It's, uh, so uh, the idea that we would go to a higher cadence, like whenever we're done with a feature and we feel like it's good, Ship why it. not just push it out there yeah, right, uh, and say, not? okay, this is C Sharp 7.1, this is C Sharp 7.2, and then kind of, but kind of make it a, a tiered model so that by default, maybe in VS, you only get, you only snap to the latest major version, right. and then. Mm -hmm. If you agree as a team that let's go to version 7.3, then you can do it as a coordinated thing. Sure, people yeah. don't get hammered with new language features and get you know out of sync. Um, yeah, but most of the time when you're when you're going to a point, even a point version, not that you've ever done it yet, but right. you're not taking anything away. These are new features right. that are being added. It might be an additional parameter on an existing function, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's still an issue in a team because then some people will have it and some won't. Yeah, depending on whether they got the updates yet and. Every time you introduce a new version of the language and the libraries, there's going to be just this, this transition time where some yeah. have it and some don't, and you put some of the, the dependencies in your code, they can't compile. Right. And they suddenly can't compile. Right. So, so you have to coordinate version within the team. Yeah. So you were about to mention something about tuples when you got cut off or something. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, tuples are one of the features that is making it into C Sharp 7 because mm -hmm. once we started uh, pushing on it, it gave way pretty easily, and it was it was easy for us to come up with a good design. And um, and, and for uh, those who don't know, a tuple is a value that has more than one value, right? Like yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like one. a group of values, it's a structure or something. And a tuple, it's hard to write code on on the radio, so to speak. But, yeah, no, um, no. So but it, a, think a tuple, of a structure with two properties. Right? Yeah, yeah, a tuple sort of a tuple type is a is a syntax. It's going to be a syntax in T sharp. Sure. That it kind of looks like a parameter list. It's yeah. a bunch of comma separated things with names and types. Mm -hmm. The names yeah. are optional. Um, and it sort of just says, here comes a value that has these three strings and right. and, and here are the names to describe what they're for. Yeah. And there's tuple literals to easily construct those and there'll be deconstruction to easily pull them apart. Mm -hmm. And so transporting um, little groups of values around just became trivial. Having right. multiple return values became trivial. Right. Um, having multiple keys in a dictionary became trivial. And, mm -hmm. and so it's a whole bunch of things that are just all of a sudden very easy. S yeah, yeah, substantially simpler. 
I mean, you, you, there were other ways to get it done, but if you just pat, you know, rather than have, multiple return values, it's hard. <laughs> well, can, yeah, the, it, it's a struggle. It's, yeah. it's not that it's fundamental. It's not one of those things that's fundamentally hard. No, no. It's just you have a bunch of bad options today. Yeah, you can, right. you can a use out, of XML, right? You can use out parameters, but that sucks, and it, and it doesn't work with async. Mm-hmm. You can create your own little transport types yeah. every time. Or you just have functions that, need to have, those. that have all sorts of parameters that just get muddy, right? I mean, yeah. your interface is kind of muddy up with that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or you can use the, uh, the uh, system.tuple type, and then you have to do all the manual work to right. you know, put in the generic right. parameters. Right. And, all that. and so all of them are a hassle, and they, they muck up your code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is just going to be clean and delicious. Yeah. And I like the way you said yeah, it made... Dictionary, multiple dictionary keys, easy. A lot of other features in the framework that you know, that just become easy. Um, local functions. Let's talk about those. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually a pretty simple feature. It's just uh, going to be quite convenient. You can just now declare a method inside of a method. Essentially. Yeah. Inside of any method body, uh, you can declare a function. It's just another level of scope. And uh, it's, we call it a local function because it's like a local variable. Right. right? Um, and that's sort of yeah, what a lambda is, right? I mean, yeah. And it's for a, for a long time we were uncertain about whether we wanted to do them because you have lambdas, so you yeah. can declare a function inside of another function. But the trouble with lambdas is they're very much made for passing to other things. Yeah. Right? And so they have to be converted to a delegate, um, mm. and uh, there's a bunch of allocation going on. And so yeah. so when you need that, you need that, and that's great. But if you just need a helper function inside of your scope, right. then it's sort of like you know crossing the stream to get water. You're, sure. you're just like doing all this extra work of creating the delegate, and yeah. and you don't really need it. It's about overhead. It's yeah. Um, so it's just simpler to just say the function declaration right there and then call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you want to talk about record types? Uh, yeah, so there, so record types is there's something that we're probably pushing out beyond C sharp seven. Mm-hmm. The idea is to introduce a a sort of super abbreviation syntax, if you will, for declaring classes of structs that are very, that are intended to represent values. So C sharp by tradition is sort of very heavily biased um, in the direction of um, mutable. Mutable objects yeah, okay. and and, yeah. and uh, imperative programming, but increasingly, you know, people get a lot of mileage out of using immutable objects yes. mm-hmm. and um, treating them as values that have value equality. You compare their the contents rather than just a reference. Like all of Rosslyn's built that way, for instance. Right. And we and what we found from experience and what a lot of other people are finding is that the language is sort of fighting you every step of the way. Yes. All the defaults are the wrong way. Yeah. And so if we could introduce a shorthand for flipping all the defaults, so, to mm-hmm. speak. so mm-hmm. uh, that's what records essentially are. Letting you to do a very, very brief declaration of saying um, a, a class with this, this, and this member mm-hmm. um, in a way that that just unfolds into becoming a property with a backing, with a backing field, whether it's, it's getter only and uh, generating the right equality and yep. generating the ability to be deconstructed in the right way and generating the ability to, and this is something I think will be pretty cool when we get to it, um, the ability to um, um, create new um, objects from existing ones, like to so do what what people working with immutable objects call non-destructive mutation. Right. Mm-hmm. Where you take, uh, where you say, essentially say, I want one that's like that one, but with this one field changed, right? right. And so you, instead of mutating in place, you're getting a new one that's... Right. that's you're you're uh, playing the changed. immutable game. 
right. creating a new instance with the small right. variations is, again, right. inherently or intentionally immutable. Right. And so that's something that functional languages do. But one thing that they rarely get right, some of them do, is um, because is dealing with inheritance. Right. A bunch of them don't have inheritance, right? Yeah. And so um, when I want to do the non-destructive mutation, if I'm doing it through an abstract base class or whatever, I don't want to lose all that secret state that the actual object that was implementing it had, right? right. So mm. I want all the hidden state to come with, to come with it. That's and so making that and sort of making that virtual in a way that it, it copies everything over, uh, that'll be part of what records just implement. It just sort of happens. But like I said, this is not something that tips over easily. It's, it's a more complicated tool. Yeah. So it'll probably come along a little later. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've been banging on it a lot, and we were close to having a good design for it, but it won't, we won't have time to implement it. And, and there are enough of those design questions that are, you know, iffy enough that we want to have a good bake time for it. See if and you want to take it, let people feedback. take it out for a spin a bit, try it yeah. before you're committed to a, a version. Yeah, there definitely needs to be some public prototypes out there. That's interesting. Uh, a, what was the impetus behind immutable types? Was it the functional, function, functional programming crowd, or what was the Well, the, I don't think the functional programming crowd, um, as wonderful as they are, they aren't numerous just yet. Right. Yeah. So, and and we don't, we're not particularly eager to sort of please a functional programming crowd. Oh, that, right. Now we've got some this that, going on. <laughs> yeah. Come on, yeah. Don Sim. No, no. It's you and me. No, 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 no. Let me speak. <laughs> it's not that... It's, it's not a... Purely a it's not a picking the fight. It's actually the opposite. It's, like, it's that F-sharp serves them super well. Yeah. yeah. No, you're So right. why would we try to... Why would we try to grab F-sharp programs? Yeah, why would try we try to, to cannibalize F-sharp? Sure. Yeah, you're not trying to make C-sharp into F sharp, it makes no sense. Right. That, that's but, way, that's F sharp for that. Mm-hmm. By the way, I was just totally free to laugh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, I know. that's my job on the show. <laughs> and I was I was smiling as I, I, as know, I kind yeah. of put him in place. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just we would like to see your arm wrestle someday, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's not so much that, but mm-hmm. it's just that when you work with immutable objects, you get some really cool benefits. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. you sacrifice something. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but um, if you can, then you get this ability to um, maintain multiple views of the world, if you will. You mm-hmm. can, um, you can uh, for instance, you, you know, undo becomes trivial. If you're, yeah. if you're going somewhere and you want to roll back, well, you just throw out the new one and you, right. and you, you hold on to the, the old one, one and yeah. you're back where you were. Yeah. Um, Concurrency um, becomes a lot uh, less of an issue right. of a, because you you don't have the uh, shared mutable state. Yeah. All the shared mm-hmm. state is not mutable, so there. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You're just working on a snapshot of the world, and you and if there's a new snapshot somewhere, well, okay, maybe you're not working on the newest one, but you're not stepping on anyone's toes because right. you're not mutating. Right. So there are just all these things, and we had tremendous benefit from that in Rosling. Mm. And kind of really, I have to say that that project really opened our eyes to wow. how useful of a, of a working mode that is. Cool. Now, it's not going to be for everyone for a while, and so that's also why we're not in a big rush to, like, let's put it in now. Yeah, or yeah. It's just uh, something that's on our radar to, again, level the playing field between people who want to do it the imperative way and people who want to do it more the functional way. I, I'd love to see some um, really good examples of, C-sharp code written with immutable types. That would be really fantastic. With immutable types? Yeah, that's what I meant. Immutable yeah. types. Yeah. Well, um, 
So the feature's not there yet, but actually go uh, to the uh, Rosling repo and you'll see a bunch of that. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Actually use the Rosling object model, which is public. Yeah. It's public API. Right. That is immutable. Mm. And playing with that for a bit, you, you immediately see the, uh, see the benefits of it. It's sort of utility and we're thinking that way. Yeah. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is uh, now? must be that happy time again. Yep. It's time to run my new Rosalind-based joke generator oh. so I don't have to come up with a joke every time. <laughs> so you're talking about immutable humor? Well, one could say that, couldn't they? <laughs> so you pass in the title of the show and a couple keywords and maybe some links and press the button. And here's the joke. Uh, why did the tuple pass the roadblock? Why? Uh, to mutate the field in place with small variations. Hmm. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. This was written with .NET Core RC2. Uh, that's what it is. Oh, that's low. Oh. I'm sorry. If you did it on RC1, it would have worked fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually time to give away. I'm going straight to hell for that one. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, Damien. Uh, Those guys took a lot of flack at NBC oh, yeah. this week. We've had a lot of fun throwing stones at them. Uh, it's actually time to give away a Sync Fusion Essential Studio to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. With over 650 controls, Sync Fusion's Essential Studio is the most comprehensive suite of components available for .NET and JavaScript with world-class diagrams, maps, and charts. Reduce your development time, save some money, and get the best support in the industry. These are just a few of the reasons over 800,000 people make SyncFusion a part of their daily dev process. And now individual developers and small teams can get access to every single control in SyncFusion's library for free. The community license also gives you access to SyncFusion's growing library of enterprise applications like Dashboard Platform and Big Data Platform that can help make sense of complex data. Support and updates are included too. It's a 10K value for free. Find out more and get started today at SyncFusion.com. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Keith Smith. Oh, congratulations, Keith. Yay. I'll clap for you, sir. I'll clap for you. Keith Smith just won the Sync Fusion Essential Studio. That's a, obviously a huge value from them. Uh, the full license, though. So if you don't know what we're doing here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you got to sign up to win. And we like to ask our guests, Matt, if you had $5,000 to spend today on technology, what would you buy? I would start with a new laptop. Yeah. That's mine's. Any kinda, one in particular? Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't Not a Surface Book guy? It could, be, it could be a Surface Book. I'm kind of fascinated by the mm. Surface Book. Maybe the, I'll get V2 of that. Can I keep the money for a yeah, bit? Yeah. 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 So well, you they, can do, they've been constantly making improvements on it. Like yeah. you're, you're looking at one which is like, I ordered during the keynote. Right. And I, you know, I found out after I'd ordered, the screen came off because I ordered that fast. Yeah. But so you uh, could do what Richard does too, and he has two of these external monitors. He's yeah. got one right. with him, but uh, yeah, USB and I, three. I think if I do that and a docking station and some extra monitors, and I think that's probably going yeah, to that's I can get solid to five, machine. I can get to five K there. Yeah. Uh, five grand. Yeah. Interested in any of those great big four K monitors? 
Uh, probably not. I don't no. actually care about the visuals so much. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're a language guy. I'm a language guy. Yep. It's all abstract. It's in my head. <laughs> 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 but at true. some point you have to implement. Or mm-hmm. You got people for that. I got people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what PM means. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> PM means I have people. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Oh, all right. So let's jump back in here. The, the big one, of course, is pattern matching. Yes. Let's so, well, that. it's the other big one. I think tuples and pattern matching yeah. are they're, they're the two sort of main features that will that will make it into C sharp seven. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so, pattern matching. Uh, people will know pattern matching from um, functional languages. Erlang and th- and, and um, I have to be upfront and say we will not do all of pattern matching in C sharp seven, but we're getting a good start on it. Nice. Um, I think we're getting the eighty percent scenario, if you will. Um, we the, get a definition of pattern matching from the Erlang guys and the functional guys, but I'd really like you to clarify it for our .NET listeners. Well, I sort of say that a, a pattern, it's something we haven't had in C-sharp before, but a pattern is a, is a syntactic unit now, a syntactic thing that is sort of a declarative combination of a test of some value. It'll check something about a value to see if it's true or false, mm-hmm. and an extraction of information from that value if, it, if the test is true. Nice. Okay. Is and then they can try to sort of be intertwined, the, the testing and the extracting. Would you say regex is maybe an example so of pattern regex matching? Regex is sort of is something you could imagine expressing as a pattern, though mm-hmm. you won't be able to in C-sharp for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so a simple example of that is, um, we're, so we're going to extend some existing C-sharp language features with patterns. Um, the simplest example is the is expression, right. which today you say some expression, blah, 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 and then you ask is type right. to see does, is that expression of that type, and you get mm. a Boolean result back. Mm. So that's half of a pattern there. It's a test. Mm-hmm. Um, and now instead of just saying a type, saying you know something x is int, you can now say x is int i, and dec- so you're declaring the, vari- the variable i right there. Yeah. Um, and so not only are you testing whether it is an int, but you're grabbing that int, giving it a name while you're there, yeah. rather than having to cast it later again or something. And then if the value wasn't there, it's zero or something? And then and if the value wasn't there, it's, it's uh, not definitely no. assigned. Right. Okay. Uh, because our... our language can already track definitely assigned when true and definitely assigned when false. So definitely assigned, different than nothing, different than zero, different than null. What is, it? What is that? Definitely assigned. Definitely assigned. That's a, that's a concept that's been in C-sharp all along. It's a little... It, it's what... Uh, so local variables, uh, when you declare them, are not... Unless you assign them immediately, unless you initialize them, mm. they're in a state called not definitely assigned, okay. which uh, is just a compiler keeps track of, uh, does this, has this thing been given a value yet? Yeah. Right. And it does a static analysis of the code. And, 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 and making it, a distinction between it, just setting it to null. Because right. null is, is a state. It is You're a talking state, about yeah. it's not defined. That's yes. what I usually do when I define local variables. I immediately set them to null because that's just an easy way for me to... Right test. Right. So in that case, you're making the job easy for the compiler, because right. nothing is ever not definitely assigned in your programs. Yeah, but yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to, to track so that you don't actually read. You can, so until it's definitely assigned, you cannot read from a local variable. Mm. You can only write to it in C-sharp. And so that just plays well with the patterns now, because sure. um, we're just saying that this thing is only definitely, this new variable in x is int i, the i is only definitely assigned if the is was true. Mm. And so the compiler tracks that into, you put that in an if, the compiler right. knows that in the true branch, 
the uh, the int i is assigned. Yeah. Right. And and there you can make use of it yeah. because mm -hmm. it actually came out an int. Yeah, yeah. And if it wasn't an int, you get into the false branch or after the if. Um, it's not definitely assigned, actually, after the if it's not even a scope. Mm. Um, right. And so it just kind of works nicely with what's already there. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, that's great. Um, and then patterns can go into the is expression, as I said. They can also go into switch uh, cases. Hmm. So it's quite an expansion of switch statements. They've sort yeah. of been, switch statements have been the same old clunky C yeah, thing for a, a long time. They're still clunky. They're still going to be clunky. I, we're not going <laughs> to yeah. fix that. But um, at least they're going to be a lot more mm. useful. Um, because uh, instead of, you know, just being able to switch on on primitive types and just being able to uh, compare them with constants in the switch. Now you can switch on anything. Right. And your case clauses can have patterns in them. Okay? So you can say, um, you know, switch on this thing, and then uh, let's say it's X again. You switch on X, and one of your cases can be case int I again, mm -hmm. colon. Mm. And you're saying, hey, if X was an int, go into this case. Right. Um, and by the way, inside of that case, the I is assigned, and, and it's the... Um, it's the uh, value of, of, of that end if it was there. And you can even put extra conditions on it. You can say case int i when i is greater than zero. Mm. Right. So, so you're kind of moving from a very sort of Stone Age construct for very specific things to, a, to having a generalized type switch in the yeah. language. Um, and then as we go, um, and probably not in C Sharp 7, we're going to add more fancy patterns like recursive patterns that can deconstruct, mm -hmm. for instance, tuples and... and um, and apply patterns recursively to the things inside. But, so but this is the path we're headed on with all of these pieces, right? Like again, yeah. it's it's disturbingly F sharpish. Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> well, oh, that's where we're stealing this yeah, stuff from. Right? Some good ideas, yeah. But doing them in a C sharp way. Yes. Yep. Right. So that's often the challenge, right? It's not. Oh, here's a great idea. Let's do, let's just do that. Right. Sometimes you really need to get to the essence of how does this fit into the language. Mm -hmm. That's why mm -hmm. we're we're putting it into the is expressions and the switch statements, and we've been very adamant. Let's not add this new kind of type switch or pattern match thing right. and like leave the old stuff behind. Yeah. Let's actually yeah. upgrade the language. Yeah, bring um, your existing keywords along for the ride. Is. Yeah, it's not just a True. new new right. you know voodoo pattern matching. Right now, we may actually add a, a new pattern matching construct as well. It's sort of, um, it's I think it's often useful to have an expression based version of the switch mm. where you inside of a an expression you can say you know and we would probably call that the match expression right you can yeah. you have a terse syntax for matching on a value and in and applying different patterns to it and, and just have an expression for what's the result if it's this pattern this pattern this pattern that's a more terse version that functional languages also have yeah but that won't be the only way of doing it it'll right. fit into existing language features have you guys ever thought of um replacing a feature with just a new keyword that does sort of what the same one does, but does it better. So you can leave the old one. Like Switch is a perfect example. Yeah, so we, um, we think about that a lot. Yeah. And then we uh, don't do it, yeah. typically. <laughs> because, um, I think I asked you this at yeah. breakfast the other day. <laughs> like, you have these crazy suggestions from inside the team to well, change stuff to, like... Yeah, we do. Um, but they are, they're not really crazy suggestions because they do... 
they're great in the sense that they they highlight a frustration with yeah. how the clunky old stuff works. And right. can't we just throw that out and do something new? And you never can. Well, you can't and, throw anything out, but you right. could add something we new. We could add another version, yeah. another way of doing the same thing. And yeah. occasionally we have. Lambdas are, are an interesting example of that, where just one version after we added, does anybody remember anonymous methods? Yeah. You know, the yeah. delegate keyword? Yeah, yeah. Sure. They were... A, a, a more verbose version of lambda, right, right, right. That couldn't. That always had statement bodies and had the delegate keyword, and so they're just more clunky. But anonymous method more accurately describes what it is, kind of. Yeah, you, know, you could say that. Yeah. yeah, but then they they just weren't nimble enough for when Link came along, mm. and we were like, oh well. Yeah, we need to do this differently. We now. need to do something that's much more elegant yeah. and, and simple, and so we did. And now Good. there's two ways of doing that in language, and if we could, we would take the old one away, but we can't. So yeah, sure. Because you just break people's code. Yeah, because a lot of people depend on it. What's the number one thing you wish you could do that you can't? Um, I think the, the answer is, um, is different every day, <laughs> you know. But if you ask me today, because I already had one conversation about this today, um, I wish we had... Made, built a distinction between nullable and non-nullable reference types into hmm. the language from day one. I oh. wish that the notion of nullability was orthogonal to the distinction between value and reference type. Yeah. Um, there's some languages now that, that do that, and I think that is great. And you're doing it now, right, in C Sharp 7, well, non-nullable reference types? Uh, no, we are not doing it in C Sharp 7. Oh, okay. uh, that's one of those things that we started work on in, oh. in the C Sharp 7 time frame, but it's it's putting up more resistance, so to speak, oh, and, and, and it's going to... Because it doesn't sound like a hard problem. Well, it but wouldn't it's be... it's just timing. It wouldn't be if we had done it from the beginning. Yes, right. now right. It's But impossible. now we have to do it in a way that... Doesn't break that, existing code. It doesn't break existing code that takes into account the fact that, you know, some, some libraries out there will now be using it and some won't, and you have to be able to consume both kinds, and you have to be yeah. able to upgrade without breaking, and so... There's a whole slew of extra problems that we now have because we didn't do it from the beginning. Right. That's why I'm wishing so much that we had. Yeah. <laughs> right? But we are, but I think said, we are, I'm really glad you're doing it that way, though, you know, that you aren't breaking all this code. You're right. Really glad. When, I remember watching the Roslyn project on GitHub and watching you guys have these debates about this is how the old version of C Sharp works, and it's wrong. Yeah, and we're now rewriting it in this new way. Do we keep it wrong or do we fix it? Like, will this break <laughs> things? And I think in almost every case, you kept doing it wrong. Yeah, whenever, whenever we suspected that it would break people doing reasonable things, right? Um, we certainly would port the bug. Port the bug. Yes, <laughs> you will find there's plenty of places you can look in the Roslyn source code, and there's you know sometimes it's a special case that right. is wrong, and so you'll see the beautiful. You know, uh, the, the straightforward code that does exactly what the spec says and yeah. it's been modeled over the spec as much as possible. It's beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have the, up, up top, you have the, oh, by the way, in this particular case, go here instead yeah. because the old compiler did the wrong thing and here's how we do the wrong thing in the new one. Here's the copy of the wrong thing, yeah. repeated. <laughs> it's uh, it's absurd, but um, yeah. you have to do it because people take dependencies sure. and why wouldn't they? I yeah. mean, um, well, we can't blame them. We, when we talk about Microsoft real DNA, like sort of the core tenets inside of Microsoft, one of those things is a, is a strong bias towards backward compatibility. Yes. We won't break your stuff. You right. know, we'll keep it going. And to the point where we are twisting ourselves up to not break your stuff. 
And yeah. I can't remember if I said this on the show or not, but we, uh, we interviewed Jeff Richter a long time ago. Back in the day, before he was a Microsoft guy. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a contractor, and he worked on the Windows code. And he said that there were absolutely places in the Windows source code where if running you know, you know Adobe Acrobat version, blah, 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 do this, yeah. else do that, and then there's these crazy logic trees for different apps. Yeah. You yeah. get this when you, when you evolve a... In language feature, we also we get these crazy discussions when we know there are bugs that mm-hmm. have been brought al- brought along in the in the existing feature. Then how do we keep the bugs as we generalize the feature? Like right. how can yeah. we how can we how can we slice out and make sure that the, uh, the old code still yeah. still works? It's, yeah, it's it actually absurd. works. It's, it's just yeah, it's a different set of problems. Yeah. For most people have to work on. Just yeah, think I about. mean, think about adding a new keyword. Like yeah. in C sharp six, we added name of. It yeah. wasn't a keyword before. Now it is, or so it seems. <laughs> but it isn't really, because, you, you know, the way it works is you say name of, open paren, something that's named in the language, close paren. Right. Well, that's a method call. Yep. Right? And somebody might have had a method called name of. Yep. So we're not adding a new keyword. Uh, we're, we break everything. We're, so instead, what we're doing is sort of intercepting method calls of things called name of and saying, is there something in scope here called name of? Mm-hmm. There wasn't. Okay. Uh, then this would have been an error before, so now we are safe to <laughs> use it to use it for the new thing. Ah, wow, it's just stuff you wouldn't think so, of. So you know, it takes it takes five minutes. No, that's a lie. But it takes an hour to design the feature, and right. then it takes ten hours to design how to hack it into the actual yeah. language uh-huh. without breaking anyone. Right uh-huh. to live in the live in the world yeah. that you live in. Yeah, it's so hard being mad stories. <laughs> well, it's fun too. Oh, I mean, sure. it's, it's it's the uh, ultimate kind of nerdery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it ultimately comes down to how many people are we going to make mad if we do things the right way. Yeah. I mean, do, you, do you get a lot of feedback from the, the GitHub um, repo? Of people getting mad, you mean? No, no, no. <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> we uh, do. You know, and yeah. do you, take, do you we do. have yeah. discussions out there yeah. that you actually take into account? Yeah. So, um, so we all spend time on GitHub uh, looking at suggestions for the language. Let's talk specifically the language. Mm. Uh, but it's the same for other things as well. And um, it, there's too much out there for us all to like sit down and discuss every, yeah. every suggestion. Um, so what, so, and, but we want to kind of do right by, by all the proposals. So sure. we kind of all fish around and take a look. And, and whenever somebody feels that, hey, there may be something here, then we will, quote, unquote, champion it, meaning right. that mm-hmm. let's take this one and bring it up to the C-Sharp Language Design meeting and yeah. have a look yeah. and see, right. you know, is there there there? And sometimes there is, and we, some of them end up as features. Um, and sometimes, you know, we have a good discussion. There's a problem area here. This is not the way to solve it, but maybe we keep in the back of our minds. Maybe we, if we see more of those, maybe there's another feature that this kind of corroborates. Or, yeah. So there's got to be a critical mass there, when, especially when you're talking about a problem that's highly resistant or very challenging to take on. It's like, yeah. well, if enough people ask for it, we'll pull the resources to it. Yeah, yeah. So we, so it also, yeah. So there's sort of also like almost a stat- statistic, right? Kind of, even though we don't actually have a, you know, if you don't have method, a voting booth, we or don't anything have no. Here. But right. but if we see things a lot, then it's like, um, maybe we should think about. It's got to be a battle always with squeaky wheel versus the sort of quiet majority right. yeah, for these kinds yeah. of problems. That, that is true. And, um, and I think um, without offending anyone, you can probably say that the, uh, the GitHub audience, the yep. people who, who engage in discussions in GitHub, they're, they're not representative of the average C-sharp developer. I totally agree. Um, yeah. they, they have a particular uh, liking to, to language things and mm. language geekery, which is great because they mm. come in with a lot of insight and a lot of 
the suggestions are very deep and, and very um, it, informed. They've got to represent a ton of passion. Yes. You know? but, what they, but what they're not is representative of what are the problems that most people have. Right. And so we have to make sure that's not our only channel. It's our most detailed channel, right. but it's not our only channel of feedback. It's got to be an, aw- yeah, an awesome opportunity to have great conversations in that space. Yeah, it is. Just people who are really quite passionate about it. And it's interesting looking at the contributor list. I mean, there's like 170 contributors. Yeah. Uh, how mm. many of those work for you? Well, Ten? no, it's more than that. 20? But, it, <laughs> but, uh, but it's a lot less than half, right? It's, um, so we, we, we get lots of contributions. Yeah. I, I mean, I, part of me thinks in terms of and I've seen, I've heard people say this. It's like I just want to be part of that, right? And like, I yeah. want to make a contribution to She Sharp. There's some little bit in there that's my keystrokes. Yeah, like, that's really cool when yeah. you think about it. It's it is um, it's cool for those people. It's cool for us. Mm-hmm. The, they they fix some problem that we maybe weren't even aware of that's been bothering them, and and we just get better quality from. It. Well, and you do sort of mark out some easier issues that are sort of low-hanging fruit if you you know it's not a priority for us but if you want to pick this off you know here it is yeah we do Mm. that's do you are how much are you responsible for that kind of stuff or do you have people who focus on divvying up the work that way i'm not so much okay it's mostly the developer team you know the people do the actual work right um that (laughs) that do that um if i did it i would probably do it the wrong way and they would come after me yeah i mean you've got a you've got a block of milestones here and yeah the constant contributions across all of them, really. You know, literally hours ago for half a dozen different milestones, there's been contributions. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's got to be a constant very flow. Cool. It is very, very cool. What's your relationship these days with the VB team? We are the same team. Oh, good. So uh, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> there right, you go. But, so I, somebody I heard or I read or something about uh, a new divergence in features and uh, in VB and C Sharp. Is that something that you can talk to or should we talk to someone else about? Uh, no, uh, I can talk to it. All right, um, great. It, pr- it probably came from me. It came from oh, something good. I said at Build. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. I think it's so, um, the for, for the past like half decade or so, we had a very explicit strategy that we made public uh, around C Sharp and VB. It's probably more than five years, actually, where mm-hmm. we said we are going to do co-evolution. We are going to do the same things to both languages when it comes to language features and so on. We are going to evolve them in the same way. Right. Um, which came from, you know, we had a, a bunch of situations where one language started down a path and then the community of the other language kind of got envious and wanted the same thing. Right. And so we realized, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's just do, automatically do the we'll same thing. We'll go down the same path together all the time. Right. And I think, and it's been good for a while, uh, but it, increasingly, we sort of probably haven't really been serving the two communities. We haven't been treating them as two separate communities. And, right. they, and, and they also aren't completely separate, but they also aren't the same communities. They're, they're, they're definitely different priorities. Let's just say when people use VB than when they use C Sharp. Right. Yeah, Whether right. they're sure. the same people or not. Right, sure. And so we haven't, we've been blind to that. Mm. And kind of just been dismissing that for a while. And so we want to take it on, on ourselves to be a, a little more open to taking the languages in different directions. Not in uh, diametrically opposite directions. Right. And, and we're not going to make them sort of incompatible or something mm. like that. If we do something that affects what libraries look like, then they have to still be consumable from both languages. Sure. So tuples. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've got to put them in both. Yeah, they need to be there. Because, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, a bunch of tuples are starting to show up and a VB customer can't do them. Can't, or, can't read them. Yeah. So, um, 
But uh, we also don't want to have this automatic promise. It, it's not doing anyone any good. Um, yeah. yeah, and it makes, and in theory, it just makes languages so much the same. What, why is there two? There's that too. Um, yeah. Though there, there are plenty of differences left. We can't take out, but, mm. but it's just, um, it was too rigid to kind of have this um, shared destiny all the way down in the detail. Yeah, and we, yeah. we kind of want to have more freedom to, to target them to sort of the, the core things that those communities are doing. So give sure. me an example of something that uh, VB, uh, that someone in VB uh, needs more than someone in C Sharp. Oh, now you're asking it from the angle that I am. I'm probably less good at okay. uh, the, the, the VB angle. Um, uh, so but you must have like a profile in your mind of what you know the the needs are of VB development meant versus C sharp development. Right. I think that the um, um, one of the differences will be that in um, a lot more, a much higher percentage of VB is sort of in core enterprise, mm-hmm. and and with and, and with that scenario. One of the highest priorities, I think, for many VB developers is for the, the the tool and the language and everything to be sort of a, a, a holistic, well-oiled machine. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's really that was sort of the the VB promise even before .NET. Yeah, right. That I was agree. always the idea that everything was just you know fitted together. Right. It just um, worked. Whereas for for C Sharp, it's a little more about having a quiver of features. Yeah. And you can combine them in different ways, and you may have to kind of um, tinker a little for it all to fit together, whatever. And so, I think it's—I uh, mean—that's one of those differences that you see between the, the communities, yeah. where we often we will often like throw a feature to VB development that isn't really—I won't say we often do it, but we we've had occasions where we've done something that maybe that wasn't so important after all. Maybe it's in the language. Right. And so, sometimes it's in what we fo- where we focus the tooling. Right. right, like not a lot of, I don't see a lot of anonymous methods in VB, for example. Right, they're there. But, they're there. Um, but, I mean, it, but I don't see a lot in right. VB code that I look no. at. I don't see people doing I think, it. I think uh, Link was a good feature to have in both languages. Yeah. Right? But, in, but in, in Visual Basic, you'd probably see the vast majority of queries being written using query syntax. Whereas mm. in C Sharp, you'll see um, many more of them being written using uh, the method syntax with mm. passing lambdas. Mm. So that's, that's one good example. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. Is um, there equivalent to you and the, in the VB.net side as well? You have a, yeah, a, that's a, a program manager? Yeah, that's a program manager for the VB language. That's Anthony Green. Okay. Oh, cool. And you should get him on your show. I yeah, totally agree. We absolutely yeah. should. We've I mean, how much do you guys have lunch and talk language? Like we, t- we, we talk almost every day. I, I gotta uh, imagine. And we, we meet formally once a week and we're on each other's design teams. Oh, that's so, great. So uh, he's, uh, he's one of uh, several, he and I are, are, are uh, in each other's design meetings, mm-hmm. and uh, several other people are actually. So we have a close, we still have a close, close relationship. Sure. Mm. Um, but I we, do like the idea that you, you want room for the languages to diverge, to experiment in different ways right. with different development cadres, and, and, and have some distinction too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are running against the same, same CLR, like a certain number of things are going to be the same. It's clearly advantageous that they read the same data, that they oh, understand yeah. the same types. Like yeah. those are all important things. But after that, you know, right. XML literals. Yeah, right? that's like, a that good kind example. of thing. Right? It's that kind of thing. That was just a really right thing for VB to be doing totally. and would have been a really wrong thing for C-Sharp yeah. to be doing. Yeah, I get that. Um, kind of too late. We're beyond the XML age, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not that Im- as important as it once was. Yeah, well, it's more right. probably more important to VB developers, mm. I think. Yeah, depending yeah. on what they're up against. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just got to be a challenge to have these two languages that are 
remarkably similar. Like it sort of is uh, a bit of uh, you know have one pay for two. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. But, but I remember um, coming out of VB or VB six mm-hmm. and looking at them, going, you know what? I'm going to go to C sharp because then I can't fool myself. You know, their Visual Basic <laughs> had less in common with VB.net as it had with C sharp. I think Bill Vaughn was really funny when he said the only similar, the only thing they kept in, in VB of VB six was the font. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, what? it was a little extreme <laughs> because I, I, I listen. I taught I taught people how to move VB six to VB net, and and it really wasn't that big a deal for right. people. And once they realized the power of the framework, they're like, "Oh, wow, that's yeah. great." That's so. the thing. I think um, I know a lot of people are. I still, even to this day, disappointed that we um, that we made that move. But I think yeah. I think you have to. First of all, I agree that you know it was a change and it was a big mm. piece of work. Mm. Yeah, um, maybe not that conceptually challenging to move yeah. over, but it was. You know, it's just a lot of work to do well, it, and less yeah. to do with the language, right. more to do with you're going to a managed runtime. And yeah. it's fundamentally a different exactly. way to live, and exactly. it forces a rewrite too. It's yeah. not something yeah. that we can just so, run against. So I understand no. it was a big. Uh, yeah. That was a big barrier to cross, mm-hmm. and that some people chose to. Well, if I have to do that kind of thing, let me just go somewhere completely different sure, yeah, or go yeah, to C yeah. sharp or something. I understand that. But at the same time, you know, you know, try playing through in your head where we could have gone with VB6 over yeah. these, these uh, 10, 15 years since it happened, right? Yeah. Um, yep. VB7. Well, yeah, it was just, uh, if you look at what has happened with .NET and how it has bloomed and, and the opportunities yeah. it has and gotten and so the places it, are, you know, VB being tied to that, yeah. that, is, that means it's... Uh, it is a, a prospering, successful language today totally. where I, I can't see that we could have kept both that on the one hand and .NET and C-Sharp on that same mm-hmm. no, kind v- of I mean, rich and... VB was a containerized way to get to WinForms in Windows. Right. right. That's all it was. And it was good at that thing. And for a window, and not that long either, right? What are we, eight years end to yeah. end? Mm-hmm, it probably. served that purpose, right? 91 to 99. Mm. Right. You know, what you came at us with, with the managed memory environment, I mean, we forget. We yeah. forget how much pain we were in. Yeah, yeah. Right? The DLL hell and the, you know, all of those things that, and, and memory leaks. Like, we yeah. were trying to use VB on the server, and I was, you know, I was an ops guy. I was doing, killing and restarting services mm-hmm. to keep them from eating memory. Right? Yeah, that's right. And, and then you came at me with this. You don't own the memory anymore. We'll take care of that for right. you. Introduce, then, for me as a performance guy, introduce a whole other class of problems, too. And right? then apartment threading and all that. All yeah, that yeah. stuff. Just left it behind. Right? I'm glad and you I, did. I mean, in some ways, we are inherently optimists that we remember VB as fondly as we do. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's true, though I do, I, I do get why people loved it. It was yeah. such yeah. a... It was such a hit. It, it was, just, it it was, was so, a it was, revelation. Yes. Mm. It was just a beautiful... A revelation, a revolution of how people could work, yeah, and yeah. I understand we that. We were attachment. so productive. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and I and in some ways, like some of the things that, from the tooling perspective, mm. were there, we're only clawing back to now. As yeah. a designer, so, so there was definitely a loss of experience in, in uh, on the tooling mm-hmm. side. Sure. Um, just be, yeah, the designer. Well, we moved over a lot of the designer yeah. stuff, but um, the, 
how well edited and continue just work and oh, all those yeah, things. Yeah. Um, we're there it's now. Tricky. People don't realize how good edit and continue has become after with VS 2015. Yeah. It's it, it's all the way back there. Right. Thank um, you, Rosalind. Thank but you, Rosalind. But, yeah. but, but it took all that time. Seventeen yeah. years. Yes. Mm. Like that's it's yeah. kind of amazing so, when you think right. about it. So I understand why people were felt like there was a take back. There was a take back. Sure. And, it was um, magic. And um, hmm. uh, hopefully we're all these years later that we are <laughs> actually where it is a even where also the the tooling of of Visual Basic is a worthy heir. I, I tend to agree as yeah. well as having all that magnificent new stuff yeah, yeah. that has that has come. Do you know, VB in '99 felt long in the tooth, like it was very mature, mm-hmm. and now we've had. 16 years, 15 years of .NET, and I keep worrying that it's getting old, like when are we going to replace this? Yeah. And it's just not old. No, it's growing and it's going places we never knew it would go. Yeah, we found new yeah. fast forward in new ways, like we've battled back the framework bloat. Like, right. We don't worry about don't how big the .NET framework is anymore. That's just, just doesn't that's matter. off the table, which is kind of astonishing when you think about <laughs> it. <laughs> like, how is that not a problem? Why aren't right. we more worried about this? <laughs> right. We have been good slash lucky in in how we've been able to reinvent ourselves a mm-hmm. number of times. Yeah. I think that the uh, that the big cross platform focus now is is just magnificent because our it's profound. And, yeah, it's it's both in terms of .NET Core, um, all temporary ridicule uh, yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. That they're, we they are, are working on an incredibly hard problem. They and are, and it is it. going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And then we have server side .NET that is. Um, you know that is uh, that can be componentized, uh, containerized, uh, run on Linux and Mac and all that. Mm. And then on the client side, we have all the devices. Yeah. We yeah. have Xamarin, which is now part of Microsoft. Yeah. It's now free with Visual Studio. Yeah. Right. You you can build C sharp apps on all those platforms. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting to see XAML ascend. Right, like a, mm-hmm. almost the responsive web design in XAML, mm. because you're taking on the bigger, even bigger problem. It's not just screen size. It's just, oh wait, this is a touch app. Oh wait, this is a gesture app. This is a voice app. But fundamentally, my skill in rendering UIs and in, 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 in taking input should work across all of those yeah. things. That's an amazing solution when you think yeah. about it. I don't yeah. know anybody else taking on that problem the way Microsoft's taking on that problem. Well, this has been a great love fest, but we're out of time. <laughs> Already? <laughs> I know. I just want to sit here and talk about the good old bad old days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. well you, didn't go, you didn't get hard on me at all. Uh, uh, no. Hard on you me know, the... the .NET core team is where you guys were a few years ago with Roslyn. When you've mm. been working on it for a while and you were making some tough choices and you were hammering through it, and we harassed you then. Yes, you But did. even in 2013, <laughs> we were talking about this. There's going to be a Cambrian explosion. Like yeah. You've now crossed this threshold and all these people can do all of those things. And, and it's happened. It's happened. Yeah. It has. Here we are. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, all sunshine and light for you, Mads. Like, yeah. It's yeah. very good awesome. right now. And yes. I can't wait for .NET Core to have that same. Once, yeah. once yep. we get over the hump and it's really out there and, yep. it's, and it's awesome. And I hope we're empathetic because we can remember Remember, we've all been through this before, right? right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I like teasing yeah. Damien and, and, and David. They could take it for starters. <laughs> yeah. and, they're, and I also know they're making decisions the way the reason they need to. Like yeah. they're, they're making yeah. the best decisions they and can And we support the their decisions. 100%. Does yeah. it mean, and, doesn't mean I'm not going to tease them. But right. a year and, and, or two from now? Yes. Who will care that it, uh, three years from now, who will care that it took however much longer it took, yes. which yeah. I don't even want to try to no. estimate. Um, <laughs> who will care about the, they the, care the that shift at RC1 to RC2, right? Yeah. Big yeah. deal today. A year from now, who yeah. will care? But they will care that we did it right. Yeah. And so yeah. we just got to put that time, time in. And when we realize, oh, we're on the wrong path here, we just got to, we got to take right. it, 
right now and change it. Love even it. though, yeah. even though there's all these uh, pain, all this immediate pain. Nasty tweets. Yeah. I'm glad that we. I'm glad we're taking the pain now and doing it. You forget the pain. Don't worry. And with that, we're signing off. That Mads, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet. And we'll talk to you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a bands by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a